welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation. How did I not remember that after this many episodes? Uh, concerning Marvel films and TV shows, I'm Caleb, I'm one of your hosts, and we've also got Adam and we've got Rhiannon. Uh, how are you guys doing on this fine spring morning? Alive. Is it fine there? It's been the worst, crappiest week in Iowa history, I think. It was just so gross. 80 degrees here yesterday. I'm about to go to a park and have a picnic with my friends. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's like mid upper 40s here and rainy or trying to snow or I don't know. It's just gross. gross. We, uh, we've been having good enough summer weather that I have to uh, figure out urban parenting is not always the easiest. Like we don't have a lot of space for our kids to run around outside. So our kids have just been like playing on this little porch area. It's like 10 by three feet or whatever that we have on the front of the house. Like the four of them just bouncing around that because they want to be outside. And I'm just, they're not old enough to go down to the park yet. So Aww. a little more yard than you'd have in yours, Rhiannon, but not too much. Do you ever see like, I, I know you see explorers. Are there ever like kids playing on the roof next door or just like? No, I don't see kids ever. <laughs> no, there's a, yeah, a really nice park like a block down, and all the kids, yeah. you know, all the parents take their kids down there. Um, but I don't see the adult explorers out on the roof outside me much. So I don't think there's any kids. This is kind of a college block, so that's mostly what you get. Oh, you live in the midst of college town, huh? Kind of like I mean, there's party, party, party. Yeah. That's why it's been so nice and quiet for the past year. <laughs> it's funny because that park you mentioned, every time I go there, I don't, this may be wrong, but I always think, oh, these kids must all be trust fund kids. Just because of like the immediate buildings around yeah. it, you know, and like there's really expensive restaurants and stuff like right there. I always assume that it's kids that have millionaire parents that are playing in there. Probably. In that yeah. park. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to get an apartment here. That's big enough to have kids and not go crazy. You probably have to. I don't know. Do well. Yeah, you have to do yeah. well. Not millionaire necessarily, but you have to do well. So you're probably not wrong. I haven't made friends with any of those parents or anything. I probably should. It always makes me think of Jim Gaffigan. I don't know if you've ever seen, but he's in New. He's in Manhattan, and they're Catholic, and they've got like five, six kids, something like that. And they're living in like a two or three bedroom apartment somewhere in Manhattan. I think it's just insanity. They're all on top of each other. I don't know how they do it. Yeah. No. All right. Let's talk about Marvel stuff. Uh, we we're going to do just two big news stories this week. The first one is Black Widow has been delayed again. But this time it has uh, Disney Plus premium access. Which I think makes us feel like this is the last time it might be delayed, but I don't know. Uh, Shang-Chi also got moved from July to September so that Black Widow could take the July date. You guys have any thoughts about this reshuffle? They finally made the decision they should have last March. And, like, what the... What the hell? It doesn't mean... I mean, I don't understand why they delayed it in or putting it on streaming. Um... I would guess just to maximize box office as much as possible, but who knows? Kudos for... I mean, I'm probably going to go end up seeing it in theaters anyways, and then going home and buying it on Disney Plus to rewatch or something, I guess. So maybe that's oh, yeah. that's the plan is to 
the one-two punch it, but why stop at Black Widow? Why not do that with every damn movie then? Well, I mean, I think we may be on a path to do that with every movie. I think they should release them in theaters for like the first week or two, you know, and just sort of delay that. And then you can buy it at home. And then, you know, eight months later, it goes free. I think they should wait much longer before it goes to the free service. Absolutely. Yeah, we we did it with Raya. We went, um, we rented a theater out for the girls' birthdays, and we saw it there. But then I rent, then I paid for it at home too because they're like, "Oh, that was awesome! I'd love to see it on Disney Plus too." You know, so like, uh, gotcha. Disney made their their fair share. Yeah, Universal already has like a two week theatrical window, I think. Right? I mean, they've been striking those. Maybe it's three weeks or thirty days. I don't know. It's incredibly short compared to the normal thing so maybe that will be the the new norm with streaming taking over well and there's not that much to lose by doing it as far as a lot of movies now make about half their box office the first weekend and then they see about a 50 percent drop off the next weekend which means they make another 25 percent weekend too so if you drop it after two or three weeks you're already 75, 85% of all the money you're going to make at the box office. And then I would think that that premium access will more than make up, you know, that difference. Absolutely. I was with you, Adam, that it made very little sense to me to delay it and to premium access it. Like if you delay it to July, cause you're like, no, we're only going to do theaters and we need that extra two months to allow vaccines and stuff to kick up. Okay. That makes sense. Or if you're like, no, we don't want to delay it anymore, so we're going to do the premium access. Awesome. But this does seem a way to, like, tick everybody off. <laughs> like, now, right. oh, for people that want to watch it at home, oh, I can watch it at home, but I have to wait two more months. And for theaters, it's like, oh, you delayed our paycheck and you, like, you know, like, gave away the exclusivity. Like, I, I struggle to understand why they did this this way. I, like, it seems like you either do the access in May or you say, no, we're going to wait to July and we're not going to do premium access because we think theaters will be back up closer to a hundred. It, it seems weird to do both. And you know, sure through all of this, we've assumed they've been chasing the New York and LA market, but I'm starting to wonder if, you know, looking worldwide, we're at the point now that like America is getting vaccinated, but Europe is actually kind of struggling to get the vaccine distribution out. Some of the other countries are, actually going back into lockdowns so maybe if they're looking at the worldwide impact and not just america yeah and there's been several articles you're totally right random have been written about that where uh, at this point i forget europe is 20 or 30 percent of the overall international box office and that's a 20 percent that if they did it in may may be pretty anemic because they're having really hard times getting stuff under control over there so um, that would seem to be a piece of it. Uh, the other thing I was going to mention about this quickly, somebody mentioned this on Twitter and I, I didn't realize, I guess Shang-Chi has been moved back to Labor Day weekend. Mm. Um, and they were just kind of, the person I saw talking about this was just like disappointed. Labor Day is usually a graveyard for movies. And so pushing Shang-Chi to that weekend just it felt like it was not a very good sign of confidence from disney's part in the the box office for that film Hmm. i'm not gonna look into any of that too much because right now disney is just sort of 
trying to figure out, they're probably just trying to figure out how to get all of these out with a long enough period, you know, so that they don't screw up their whole long-term schedule. Yeah, therein lies the issue with the one issue that you would have with an interconnected universe has certainly come out full force over the past year. I don't, but that's the thing. I mean, what what other movies are coming out around that time? Isn't one of the Sony movies or, or that got delayed now too? Venom Two or something? I thought was bumped to September. I think it's in October, maybe maybe September. I don't and know. the yeah. Suicide Squad's the month before. I mean, Marvel's good. If Marvel drops something, that's going to be the first true theatrical Marvel release of the year. Um, where people can't get it on Disney Plus. So I would guess people are going to flock to theaters, man. I would hope most every... I mean, everyone that ha- wants a vaccine should get it by September, right? I mean, even worst case scenario. In America. Um, Certainly adults. Yeah, for yeah. the adults in America. In America. Yeah, in America. And, I mean, we've seen... I mean, the China box office is recovering really nice. Didn't Godzilla vs. Kong just make a whole crap ton of money? Maybe. Yeah, I think so. Um... I don't yeah I mean some of it is just a slot though because if you look at the release calendars everybody keeps pushing back mm -hmm. but we kind of have a backstop that like every studio it seems like is assuming that everything will be somewhat normal by Christmas and so everything that was due to come out from March of 2020 until this summer like, it's all been condensed into, like, July 1st to December 31st of this year. And so it's going to be a bonanza for a while because they all want to make some money. They all need the cash flow. And so every week there's going to be a significant release. And I think Marvel probably just said, hey, Labor Day is the one that nobody's touching. We'll, we'll gamble on ourselves being able to break the historic, you know, drought there. And those things do change. Valentine's Day did not used to be a good time to release a movie. And now people make a ton of money with movies like Deadpool and Black uh, Panther that were released on Valentine's Day. So it's possible that Marvel will do just fine with Labor Day. They'll just, you know, they have yet to find a release date that's been a problem for them. Like people thought, right. oh man, Guardians of the Galaxy in August. August is kind of not a great time for summer blockbusters. And then that movie made $750 million or whatever. So uh, the other big news that we wanted to talk about, there are uh, there was a trade, I forget which one, says that there has been early work on an Echo spinoff series on Disney Plus out of Hawkeye. Um, I don't know what sounds more unusual to me, that Echo is getting a show or that Hawkeye is the first show that they're going to spin off from, but... Either way, Rhiannon, I know it's a character that you have enjoyed in the past. Are you excited that we might have an Echo show? Well, I mean, Echo's a Daredevil character, so I'm obviously really excited about that. It's from that universe. Um, and I've been really excited about Hawkeye, so hopefully what this means is what they're seeing from Hawkeye they really like, and it's looking really good. So um, I'm excited that whatever it is was good enough that they wanted to make more. Um to me, and I know we banned this word years ago, but she's like a grounded character and, you know, something that, you know, I, I, I'm excited to see. Um, of course, there's the other implications of she being a Native American actress, um, a deaf Native American actress that 
they're giving her own show as a lead. Um, so it's just some some folks that we haven't seen in lead roles on television uh, getting some or in any medium uh, getting some screen time. So, uh, yeah, there's lots of lots of things to be excited about. And I hope to see where it goes. And remind me, there's some kind of connections to Kingpin with our character, too. Is that right? Yeah, I was actually refreshing myself a little bit this week. Um, like, she was... I can't remember the exact connection, but it's like a father figure. Kingpin is a father figure for her. And I can't remember. So, um... Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah. I mean... This is the closest to a daredevil show we've gotten since we had a daredevil show i'm not sure if it is the the first spinoff because it was worded nicely how it or not nicely but uh weird almost because it said that it was in early development so maybe they uh have other things in early development as well like the anti-wandavision like certainly we're gonna see white vision again sometime right i would hope um echo man that and that's great after what like especially after this week on the falcon and winter soldier shows like hawkeye i'm absolutely excited for because i mean they announced four characters with uh falcon and winter soldier and we've only caught a glimpse of two of them but they've introduced the whole group of other comic characters beforehand you know i think it's really interesting that i feel like hawkeye is totally being revamped into sort of a different like genre or mood that we've had Hawkeye so far. Cause Hawkeye's always been a team up character. So when you look at his appearances, it's like Thor Avengers, 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 Avengers. Every time Hawkeye shows up, it's this gigantic like um, spectacle movie with all these characters. And I think this Hawkeye series is really going to bring him down to street level hero, which is where he kind of belongs anyway. And I had never thought of Hawkeye as the gateway to street level New York MCU, but I think that's going to be maybe how that works in Marvel Studios TV shows. He was a street level. I mean, he was an Avenger, but in the comics, he's a street level every day. That's why it never made sense for him to be... The Avenger character. I've been rewatching all the movies. Um, I didn't do that for Endgame, yet I'm doing it for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, and you know, and they and they just ice Hawkeye all the time. You know, like, oops! In the very beginning, he gets hurt, and he's over there, like, which is probably realistic because you know, street level is where he should be. So it makes sense. How, how much screen time has he gotten so far? More than I remembered. Really? There's there's got to be a chart out there somewhere we should look. Like three minutes, four minutes of actual screen time, five minutes? I don't... It's just going to be weird seeing Jeremy Renner get his own Hawkeye show. Well, and I'm wondering how much of the TV show will actually be Jeremy Renner. Like, will it be about him or will it be more about Kate? and echo and whoever else or will it really be i mean maybe it will be a lot of him i am liking his character more going into it in an open mind with a rewatch 
like okay he's he's if we just ignore the whole storyline that doesn't match up to the hawkeye that i think of from the comics like he does personify the character pretty well we've seen now from the shows that we've gotten that disney that disney marvel will put in characters into these shows that don't have a gigantic role so we know sharon carter is going to be in falcon winter soldier but she hasn't shown up yet and you know we've gone through two hours without before zemo shows up and so just because somebody is in one of these shows and a character shows up doesn't necessarily mean they have a ton of screen time so like you said rihanna i I don't know. Echo might be in one or two episodes of Hawkeye, or she might be there from the start to the end. Like, we just really... I would not have guessed that my ranking of characters by screen time in Falcon Winter Soldier would have gone Falcon, Winter Soldier, uh, Joaquin Torres, and then, you know, Sharon Carter and Zemo. Like, that would not have been my guess going ahead of time, so... Uh, let's go ahead and talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier then. We've got episode two was yesterday. Uh, I'll just say as an intro, I am shocked at how much I like this show. Yep. Last night was one of those where people always talk about WandaVision, the credits would hit and they'd be like, oh no. Last night when the credits hit, I was like, we've only been watching this for 15 minutes. How is that possible? You know, like it did not feel like 45 because it was so enjoyable. I, I, I think you guys are both having a good time with it. Yeah, like it felt like 15 minutes, but there was a lot in that 15 minutes. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, and that's like the TV. When I talk about depth, I've, I've had some really deep conversations with a writer friend this week about depth. Like she loved WandaVision. I'm like, I wanted it to have more depth. Like we're getting lots of depth here and it better pay off in the end. Um you know, we're getting all of these storylines that are connected and interesting and moving from place to place. And we're still getting to know these characters really well. We're getting these little snippets. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Same. No, it's, it's so, it's awesome, man. It's, and that's the, I, I tweeted about it kind of before, but the, the bigger and bigger these Marvel movies get is, the the character stuff's going to be reserved solely for for TV, and that's that's what we're we're getting. And um, oh, it's just been incredible character work throughout the show. And I mean, that's that's the root of good television, right? Is is good characters? Can you imagine sitting through a thirteen episode season of Daredevil and not liking the characters? You know, and, and it's. I do have, I'm not sure, criticisms or concerns, I guess, just with so with how much stuff's in it so far, and it's already a third of the way over, um, because, I, as everyone knows, I wasn't a huge fan of how WandaVision ended, how it came coming to a screeching halt at the end, so hopefully we don't have something similar here. But, I mean, two episodes in, man, I, I love, I mean... It's not like I was a Falcon stan. It's not like I was a Bucky stan. But they're making me care for these characters. Uh, I mean, that's that's the job, right? And they're doing it well. That's why I'm trying not to get my hopes up. Because they didn't stick the landing on WandaVision. So there's so many places I feel like they could be going. And I'm trying not to get excited about it going anywhere. I think that uh, WandaVision 
was a challenge in that there was some more time that leaked out of the show because of it's just little things but the commercials and the opening credits that they did every week with a song like that was all very fun and added texture to the show but most of that was non-narrative time and you know it was four and a half hours all together but if you spend five minutes an episode for nine episodes doing things like the commercials and the theme songs and stuff after a while like that starts to like chip away i i do have some confidence that four more episodes of this is going to have more content than even eight episodes of wandavision if that makes sense for sure what was the runtime was 50 minutes this week wasn't it uh yeah i think with the credits and stuff i mean it was 45 i think once you um uh, so let's, I don't know how best to pick this apart. Um, there are, you guys have mentioned like a lot of story threads. So I guess I'll ask, what is your favorite story thread right now that you're finding most interesting? I mean, my favorite part of the episode was when the classical music started playing because the single part in my demented brain was like, oh, they're going to show Kingpin. <laughs> <laughs> and mine did not. Too. It's incredibly unrealistic. I'm like, oh man, what? But uh, I just no, want everyone was... to know that was Adam and not me. Yes, that was me for whatever, for whatever reason. Um, oh, they gave us Zemo tease at least, so at least he's in episode three. Maybe they introduced Battlestar. I mean, we kind of knew Battlestar was coming, right? Thanks to our bud Charles. Um, I think that was his. Um, they're, I think they're going to end up making Cap 2 into a really complex character. And they already kind of started that up. You know, he, he turned into a meme after showing up for one shot. But uh, I like where they're heading with that. And I'm not sure what that if that says anything about me as a person or what. But I think they're going to do some really interesting things with with John Walker. I did love the complexity as far as that first five or 10 minutes. You're like, Oh wow. Maybe he's not so bad. Right. Like there, there are some admirable things about this guy. And then as the episode wore on, you're like, no, no, no. And, and what I really love about it is if it was a caricature, right? Like if it was really like some people thought it would be just like, a totally like racist, hyper conservative, nationalistic guy, then it would be like, oh, there's Disney and their social justice warrior, blah, 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 blah. But I, I don't think they're doing that. Like, I think where they're going is like, no, there can be nice, decent people who are trying to be good people that still really don't get it. And that, you can be a nice person, but still not be a very socially aware person or not understand the complexities of the world around you. And to me, that is a more interesting message and one that's more challenging to us than like, as long as you're not a clan member, you're a good person. If that makes sense. That's on the front. I mean, we got it with WandaVision, you know, we don't really know who the villain is. I guess the flag smashers, right? But at the same time, are we supposed to hate, Cap 2 and Battlestar more than the Flag Smashers. They introduced the Power Broker. 
Like, what's what the hell's going on here, you know? I think WandaVision, the villain, was Wanda's grief. I think in this one, the villain is going to be racism or, you know, like... Mephisto. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be Mephisto. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but you said it. He's the power broker, man. Mephisto's the power broker. <laughs> yes. That's the only answer. Um at this point, can Marvel introduce Mephisto? I mean, I feel like they should just hold it forever. Um, they should. No, if they're ever going to do it, it needs to be a Comic-Con reveal. It needs to be, we're making a movie in five years, and the villain's going to be <laughs> Mephisto. We're telling you now, stop the bringing him up. That's what's going to happen. Ever. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Kev, trying to, Kevin Feige trolling us. Um you know, I mean, I feel like if we look at it like that, that that I think they're, and this is where I'm saying I hope I'm not hoping too much, but it appears that, yeah, like morality. I mean, this whole show is about morality and those deep social issues of like a Captain America type hero. You know, we have our new Cap, and he ticks all the boxes of being a very good person. But Steve and Bucky just immediately are like, no, no, you are not what made Cap Cap. Like, there's there's an element there that's missing. And, you know, the whole scene in Baltimore with Isaiah, or with, I've been working on Hurricane Isaiah, so saying Isaiah is now hard for me. Um, with Isaiah is, is um, you know, there were so many deep elements in that scene. Um and what I'm kind of looking forward to, and I hope they continue to touch on, is Bucky. I mean, for 70 years, he was a tool of white nationalist empire. I mean, like, he was a Nazi tool. Like, he was he was used by white nationalists um, to, to murder people worldwide. And then he went and he lived in Wakanda. And was, you know, healed and made whole, sort of, by the people of Wakanda. And I'm just very interested to see where this morality route goes with that background of him. And, like, that's a very unique standpoint to be bringing to the whole discussion. And I'm curious to see where that goes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I... I I hope Isaiah... Isaiah's gonna come up with the shield at some point, right? Like, in the third act fight or something. Like, they're gonna be getting their butts kicked and Isaiah pops up with... They purposely... Are we assuming that the kid who answered the door, that was Eli, right? Why did they, like, hide his face and they were hiding him the entire episode? Like, that's certainly not all we're getting of Eli Bradley, right? It would be really cool... I mean, to me, it would serve their purposes of building towards Young Avengers, assuming that's what they're doing. If at one point they send Torres to Isaiah's house and uh, Torres and Eli end up together somehow. And like it's sort of the origins of their like a connection there that could lead to a Young Avengers movie. I think that would be very possible. Rhiannon, do you have a uh, we talk about favorite threads? I mean, we maybe already talked about it, but what, what are you enjoying right now? I, the Bucky Sam relationship thread. I mean that. Okay, one the therapist thing we can all just pretend never happened because the therapist. I don't know. Do you guys enjoy the therapist thread on this at all? 
I did the first episode. Oh, yes. This episode, it oh, was I like, it they clearly time. wrote themselves into the corner, and it's like, oh, here's what right. we came up with. Right, That's where, like, I feel like the therapist is there because we need exposition, and we need some emotional punches, and we need to move to the next step, but it, it all feels so manufactured, and I enjoy, like, the product of it. Yes, I enjoyed the staring contest, and I enjoyed Bucky having his, you know, little bit of opening up there, but I... That's sort of like the one piece of the show that just like now whenever she's on screen, I'm like, oh, God, what what cringeworthy thing is about to happen? A therapist never announces who their client is like that's not allowed. You know, like just everybody going in and openly talking about Bucky's therapy sessions, like just stop people. There's privacy concerns. Um, But anyways, um, but but that relationship, the Sam and Bucky relationship, like and them being, you know, the the sort of legacy of Cap and them protecting the shield and or or them wanting to protect the shield. I guess Bucky trying to get Sam to protect the shield and whatever's going on there. That's what I'm enjoying the most right now. Are we going to find out who the president is in this? Because they said, right? Like, who's the president in the MCU right now? You'd think he would, he or she. And what's the definition of the word pardon in this universe? <laughs> yeah, that did Like, seem even confusing. they got confused on that. Like, no, pardon means he's free. But there's conditions. But, yeah. Do cops have, a- like, that's a federal arrest warrant, right? Cops have access to all that stuff and whatnot? It wouldn't be like a... FBI type thing? I don't know. I've never been arrested. I think trying I think trying to look into things that deeply will uh, reveal no good. Frustrate us. Yes. Right, right, right. Yes. I also found a little nebulous. I, I find interesting this, uh, what it, was it GCR mm-hmm. or GRC? Yeah, or yeah. I find the idea interesting. I find it very nebulous though right now. So like we get the sense that maybe there's some countries that expanded or like collapsed and now there's like questions about like nationality and there's refugees from that but i what i want would be very boring i would kind of like someone to stand up with a map and go during the blip this and this and this and this happened and that has caused these geopolitical problems you know i mean i'm with you i just want like the whole gcr show like show me what they're doing to reconstitute because i took it as just reconstituting people like that thing that we talked about before of like do they have a social security card do they have you know taxes do they have a place to live do that i mean it's not even like that their country doesn't exist but somebody else moved into their home and you know yeah but i think like and i don't know they probably won't come into this show there have been rumors about black panther 2 that if it has dr doom and at this point i may be so far down a rabbit hole of something that's not happening but there was rumors that some of the storyline might be that latveria has slowly like eaten up other countries that sort of collapsed due to the blip and to me, that seems necessarily something that would happen. And so, like, I don't know, like, let's say Latveria ate up Sokovia and made them part of their nation. When you re-blip, you're not really Latvarian because you weren't there for the acquiring of, of Sokovia. So you're kind of a person without a country and you have a Sokovian, like, 
passport and ID number and stuff, but that's not a nation that exists. And maybe you don't want to live in Latveria for a variety of like political refugee reasons. There's a lot of interesting fallout that they could go into that I think is probably too complex for them to ever desire to actually do. Right. Like where, I mean, the, the mentions are fun, you know, cause like, Oh, okay. So they are kind of sort of working on social security stuff. I guess I would say that the fact that the flag smashers say that their goal is to have one world and one people and that we want to return to how it was during the blip suggests that there was a significant consolidation of nation states during the time of the blip. Like that to me is kind of like a subtext of all that. And it's totally realistic because that would happen if the blip or snap ever happened in real life. Judging just by threads on Reddit and stuff, you know. I mean, that's that's an angle of the show I really like. I find I'm really happy that uh, oh, I'm going to get her, Kellerman. Is it Emily? Aaron Kellyman. Aaron. Aaron Kellyman. Okay. I love her. In Solo, I thought Infus Nest is like the most, is the coolest unused character in Star Wars. She didn't have enough of a role in Solo. There should be an Infus Nest like uh show on disney plus already in development i don't know how that's not happening just her and her like crusaders and she has a very similar role i think in the show that she did have in solo of like the the mistreated and and uh not looked after and oppressed people sort of rising up against the empires around them i found her really compelling i i loved how she went from like oh i'm 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 trapped to oh i'm gonna kill you face like that quick i just enjoyed her a lot and i think that it's going to be interesting to see her developed into a complex character as the show you know moves forward absolutely i I thought we were under the understanding that they scrapped the potion stuff what did bucky say they had a vaccine when they said that i was like oh yeah like that's felt very like yeah i thought they scrapped that or something a truck full of vaccines yeah yeah well, I mean, I sort of assumed that after the reveal of that they were super soldiers, I assumed that maybe they were boxes labeled vaccines, but that were actually full of something else. Right. Super soldier serum yeah. is what yeah. I've heard some people suggest. And it explains why the power broker is coming after them is because they stole the power broker's super soldier um, serum. That- is the power broker going to be uh, a big name or something, you think? It's Mephisto. Right. So Al Pacino, Al Pacino I've, is the power broker. I've heard the suggestion that it could be Zola, um, because Zola is the person who most actively was involved both in the U.S. and Hydra. So it would make sense that whatever he gave Bucky while with Hydra, he then gave to Isaiah Bradley once he became a U.S. operative. Which I hope they go like if they bring Zola, yeah, with Cap and all that stuff. Now they're doing uh, all the Cap stuff. They got to give him that design right, where his head's in his gut or whatever, and like the android body, modernize it a little bit. You don't think it's Sharon Carter? uh, Oh, it's the power broker, and she's been making super soldiers or what? I don't know. (laughs) I just heard that. That could be really interesting. Like. I was in love with Steve and he kissed me so he could use me. And then he ran off and lived a lifetime with my aunt. <laughs> and I, I got stuck on the run while everybody else, you know, I don't know. I could see that being like her villainous turn or whatever. That could be fun. 
Yeah, that is super interesting. I'm stuck on Mephisto or Nightmare or one of the other. Darkhawk. Darkhawk's the power broker. Or it could be uh, uh, Walter Goggins' uh, mysterious benefactor <laughs> from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Maybe that's who it is. It's all... Oh, man. Oh, no. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> now we're just opening up the box and it's... As long as we don't get emotionally attached to any theory, we'll be fine. <laughs> that's why I'm like, I'm that's trying a to good set one. my hopes low. But, and that's the thing. I mean, this episode, I mean, we got Battlestar, we got Isaiah Bradley, we got probably Eli. We're getting the characters here that we thought we were, we'd get in WandaVision. Not to the extent of demons or interdimensional beings, but... The MCU is, we talked about this, it's a comic universe in and of itself, man. I mean, at any point, any of these characters can get their own series, you know? Just because they can. I mean, we've talked about this, the rate that it's proliferating. So, like, when we watched Ultron, it was, oh my goodness, they gave us both Scarlet Witch and Vision in Ultron. Like, two new characters. And WandaVision's like... Oh, Monica Rambeau. Yep, we'll throw her in. Oh, yeah, Agatha Harkness. There you go. U.S. Agent, Battlestar. Like, they're just... I mean, at this point, uh, Wiccan, Speed... I mean, we've already gotten half a dozen significant Marvel characters in one and a half seasons of these shows. It's just... It's kind of amazing how fast they are just exponentially increasing the amount of people right i mean look at loki look at hawkeye i mean we know some of the cast involved but we certainly don't know any big time characters you know so some of those characters are playing suits or you know soups or or whatever you want to say any other thoughts about this episode before we wrap it up it's the most basic of things but I enjoyed the marking, marching band rendition of Star, uh, Star Spangled. What was it? Star Spangled Man with a Plan. Yeah, like I enjoyed that. Give me more marching band intros. That was cool. That combined with the uh, uh, intro, rather, I really did like that. Yeah, this may not be important, and I I may be misunderstanding it. Do you get the sense that U.S. Agent went to a mostly black high school? I feel like they in, they intentionally made it seem that way. Yes. I mean that marching band was the marching band of a mostly black high school. Right. And his and his girlfriend or or wife or whoever that um that he had met in high school, she was a person of color as well. So like I I just maybe that's nothing, but I feel like that's even a subtext that they're going to play on a little bit more, you know. Yeah. I think they're going for some deep racial messages. I mean, and and when you look at the creative staff behind this, you have Malcolm Spellman and a room full of people of color. It's it's I think there's intentional messages being well, I mean, obviously there's intentional messages. I mean, I think this is going to be in league with Luke Cage as far as the racial messaging. I thought one of the strongest points of that was when they were in the, the truck and like U.S. agents trying to make his case, and Sam's kind of hearing him, and then he's and then he goes, and besides, what would be better than for me to have Steve's wingman, you know, by my side? And it was just the like, I'm the number one, you're the number two, 
And, and Sam just says, it's always that last line. And to me, that was, it was incredibly subtle, but made a really clear message that this is a guy who does all the right stuff, but also has to be in charge and get all the credit and all the glory and everybody has to kiss his butt. And Mm -hmm. I thought that was just a very, I, I love, there's just been so many micro points in this show where there's a little turning point and I go, Oh, I didn't see that coming. Like, even in the therapy scene, I kind of expected Bucky to have hurt feelings. Like, you know, Steve gave you the shield and he should have given it to me. But that's not what's going on. And instead, it's a very emotional and understandable thing from um, Bucky's perspective. But there's just all these little micro changes of direction that you go, oh, this show is not predictable. This is not trite. It's not, um, you know, using... Uh, sort of cliches that are boring and i've found that really refreshing and exciting about the show uh Derek colstead did write the next two episodes so it's uh probably gonna have just a zillion bullets and guns and all that stuff he's the john wick guy oh okay oh. So i was like this is the most excited i've been for the show yet <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we don't have a lot in our mailbag, but I did want to do, I put a survey up after we found out about the Disney Plus um, theater thing for Black Widow. And I asked people if, uh, with Black Widow being simultaneously on Disney Plus and theaters, uh, how do you plan on seeing it? And our results were about 35% said Disney Plus, about 33% said theaters, 22% 22% said both. And there was about 10% that said depends on what happens with COVID. Um, I mean, I think that's for theater owners. That's not terrible. Uh, that's a clear majority, 55% or so that are going to see it in theaters. Uh, but I guess the other way to look at that is that also means about a third of their box office is going to go to Disney plus instead. Which to me, I think $30 price point is a break even for them. Like they, they figure two or three people will watch it. So it's similar to if they had it in theaters, but not sure. I also did a survey. Do you think, um, this is for Food News Desk. Do you think bacon cheeseburger pizzas need to have pickles to be bacon cheeseburger pizzas? Oh no, because I don't eat pickles on my burgers usually. I don't think. Really? Really? Oh, no. I don't think they need pickles to be bacon cheeseburger pizzas, but I think if you add... I think there's a certain element of a pizza where if you add... I like salad on top of pizza. Like, pizzas... Like, if you add some shredded lettuce and pickles on top of it, like, it would be a next-level cheeseburger pizza. But I wouldn't want, like, Domino's to deliver that. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I think, I mean, you don't need the lettuce, but I think the pickles would take it to the next level. We also got a few comments. Um, people that responded to that survey said, uh, uh, we had Brian uh, Miktavash says that it feels like a small screen flick. And so he probably won't see it in the theater. Ash Crafty says it all depends what the family wants. Uh, at Corpy L3W, who uh, has a name that appears to be Russian. I don't know that script particularly well. Unfortunately, Disney Plus isn't launched in my country yet, so I'll have to go to the movie theaters. And Rhiannon, like what you were talking about, uh, Manuel was telling us that um, uh, it's uh, based on the current release date, he assumes Disney Plus, because in Germany, there may not be any theaters open. And so that makes sense. 
We also asked people just what was their favorite part of Falcon and Winter Soldier last week. Andrew Baker on Facebook. I uh, really liked the bank scene where it showed how Sam under it all was just a regular dude and really broke. Uh, also a fan of the Bucky date. Uh, somebody sh- shared with us the meme of the guy from Up looking exactly like uh, John Walker. Um Mike Jones on Twitter uh, said he loved the action sequences, Bucky relieving his past and the awkwardness of dating, Falcon's family situation, and the grim reality of economics. Uh, Matt Turner Toad checked in with us. Um, I love the first episode of Falcon with Soldier, but I had to rewind and watch the part where Batrock and his goons get changed in their glider suits. Meanwhile, Falcon is just waiting in the back of the plane. There was a little awkwardness in that scene where, like, there were moments where there was. it was like Falcon's like, I gotta wait so that the action can continue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, Rhiannon, we should say, uh, tell our, our listeners, you may or may not be here in the future for a little while. So, yeah. So, um, I'm actually going, I'm going to be working in vaccine distribution. So we can get America vaccinated and then maybe send some leftovers, send leftovers, not leftovers, but, you know, uh, start helping the world hey, get vaccinated. Germany, some um, half-used vials. <laughs> yes, yes, our love. No, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyways, I'm going to be working in a vaccine distribution center like 12 hour days, seven days a week um, is the plan. I don't know how that'll actually play out. I don't know if anybody will want to be around me after about three days of that. Um, so there's a chance I won't, you know, there's a chance we will. I mean, I have lots of feelings on Falcon Winter Soldier. I want to be with you guys and talk about Falcon Winter Soldier. So I'm going to try to make it work that we can get together and talk about all of this. But if I'm not, that's where I am. Well, thank you for doing your part to help us all yes. get healthy. Adam would Adam would say, you know, if they want to send out a, a crew to middle of nowhere, Iowa, you know, that'd be awesome. I'm the only one in the immediate circle that hasn't gotten poked yet. So I just need, just need the one. I'll send you my address. <laughs> <laughs> He'll take some leftovers. Yeah, I'll take leftovers. I mean, at at this point. Sorry, Germany. We had to send them to Iowa. (laughs) Which is practically, you know, just as detached as Germany is to the United States anyway. Adam, have you tried? Because, like, all of my friends in North Carolina, they've been like, yeah, I was in Walgreens at 5 o'clock, and they announced over the loudspeaker they had a couple extras, and now I'm vaccinated. Yeah, I've gotten on lists and stuff, and then they gave me a call, except I was apartment shopping across the state. Mm. So I'm like, oh, well, it would be like four hours if I left right now. And they said, oh, Oh, snooze, you lose. So I'll call you back next week. I have heard of, like hipster millennial types just like hanging out in walgreens at closing time every night like just hoping that an announcement will come over and they can race back and get it you know yeah no i i know people that have done that um and it's working evidently so um good luck for everybody getting their job i hope we're all vaccinated soon and all sitting in movie theaters and doing amazing things and going to cons eating buffets that's what I'm I'm trying to look at this giant vaccination um center as me going to a con. I'm gonna go out to New Jersey every day and we're gonna get six thousand people circling through to get a jab and then we'll all go to a con together. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. Um all the usual stuff. If you wanna support us, patreon.com slash Marvel News Desk. Thanks to Tim for our theme music and Alvin or Alvin for the theme music and Tim for the logo. And for all the ways that everybody else has supported us, thanks for listening. We will see you guys later. You forgot all your scripts today. All of them. That was terrible. <laughs>